Welcome to Off the Beat, the podcast that discusses all things law enforcement from a cop's point of view. My name is DJ Seals. I'm a former detective, crime analyst, and SWAT operator from the metro Atlanta area. Now, I currently work for Motorola as a law enforcement consultant, but this podcast will never be about product or sales, and that I promise you. I came up with this idea because I wanted to have a place where we could have a conversation about current police issues without you, my listener, feeling like they were in a sales pitch. I wouldn't listen to that, and I don't think you would either. So, let's take a look at today's topic. Well, today's going to have a lot of different topics because I am recording this live at the 25th plus one FCIAA conference in Orlando. I will work on the crowd later on timing. <laughs> they have all just sat through a class of mine on uh, and, and part of a podcast that I did, which is because we've always done it this way, uh, and they had to take an extended break to recover. So I'm glad everybody has recovered. But I actually do have a question that came in on the app. So her question was, I have an agency who is dedicated to a strategic type of law enforcement. They only dabbled in ILP for six months or so when it first became prominent. They didn't give it a chance to flourish. How can we entice the top brass to take the jump toward ILP again with a lot of pushback? Okay, so you break this down here. You're, you're bi-monthly. You're basically problem-oriented. People, locations, places, all of that. And you say you're missing the analysis part from the ILP. Okay. So my question would be this. Do they want to go back to problem-oriented, or, or that's what they wanted to do? Okay. What did they not like in ILP? What were they missing? I could actually answer your question a lot quicker than I thought I could. You were sitting in a world where I sat. Uh, I teach a lot about ILP, but I'll be very honest with you. Um, I think I made my own mix of a multitude of crime analysis practices. Um, I'm a big believer in IOP, certainly, intelligence-led policing. Uh, Problem-oriented, I like a lot. Community-oriented, I think if we're not all headed toward community-oriented right now, you are behind the bus and you're about to get hit by it. What I say to you is this. Give them what they want on their problem-oriented, but like in the class I just taught, you should take the bull by the horns and say, but now what? This is the area, but Why? These are the people, but who, when, did they just get out of prison? Do they have, right? Add that to the report. Just add it to the report. Give them what they want. Add just one step further from the IOP part you're missing. And what you're going to find out is you're going to create a blended hybrid mix. I'm a full believer that there's not an agency on the planet that does any type of methodology of policing only. Why? Because I've been to thousands of them, and I've never seen one. Uh, it's all slightly different. It's all a little bit different with the tenants. That is fine. The question is, what does your agency need? You need intel-led because you want that piece. They want problem-oriented because they're going with the four points, right? So give them the four points with the intel behind the four points. Now, there's one more thing I want you to give them. You can do this over time, okay? You can't just give them the intel on the points and go, there you go, boys. You have to give them the intel on the points and tie the loose ends together. Meaning what? Here's where it is. 
here's what's happening, here's when it's happening, meaning it's most likely to happen again here at this time, and here's our suspects we're looking for. I used to have a saying all the time, you can give an officer all kinds of intel, but if you give them something to look for during the shift specifically, they'll probably find it. If you tell them, hey, we have burglaries in this area, extra patrol, I guarantee you that's all they're going to do. They're going to drive around. Maybe you have a code for extra patrol. We did, right? You're going to call out that code. So you make the time marker. But if you tell them and suspicious vehicle in the area is yellow Camaro, they're probably going to find that Camaro, right? So tie the loose ends together, okay? Other questions, or I go back to the app. So as I'm looking at the app here, so the question is, how do we get buy-in? Okay. Um, Non-specific of any crime analysis technique, correct? There's actually a really um, good way to do that. You have to show immediate return in value. What is immediate return in value? Immediate return in value is, hey, these numbers are different. Why are these numbers different? Well, these numbers are different because we always see the same thing over and over, but I found out why. I'll tell you, I went into my one of my first staff meetings, and I had a pattern, and the pattern was a hot spot, and the hot spot literally showed what was the most dangerous, where's the most dangerous place in the city? Go ahead, yell it out. The police department. <laughs> now, I could have said, we have a problem because we're we're not mapping this right and we're not just being honest. However, here's how I did it. I think I still have this <laughs> I think I still have the slideshow somewhere. It was a command staff meeting. I went, gentlemen, I've done some analysis on the most dangerous place in the city that we need the extra patrol, and here it is. Click. And it was a hotspot map. It took a minute for about half of them to realize where it was. And they went, uh, isn't that the police department? <laughs> yes, that's the police department. Well, how's that the most dangerous place in the city? Well, that's where most of our calls are coming from. Oh, of course, like, you know, citizens needing help. and citizen, uh, No, then I did a breakdown of the calls. We had armed robberies. We had drug sales. Had some prostitution. Uh, had some fights. All at the police department. Does anybody here think that actually happened? No. Obviously, people were coming up to the department making complaints that something happened somewhere else, and we just weren't changing the address, right? So the difference comes with how you present the issue and the benefit. So I said it that way. It all got a good laugh, and somebody said, what went wrong? Got to twist it a little bit. Got to move it a little bit. How you present the wrong makes a difference. How you present the specific change makes a difference. Right? Especially when you're working on an annual report. And the annual report shows the most dangerous place in the city is the police department. Right? So the immediate buy-in is immediate return. What I did at first was I sat through a lot of these meetings. I, I, I read a lot of these reports, and I thought, what are they trying to get? Like the class I just uh, taught with you guys, I said, but what are they really asking for? 
Are they really asking for just the raw burglary numbers? And, and what, out of their magic hat, they're going to pull the correlations? No. They're actually asking for the what and the when and the where and the who and the... They, they just don't really know how to ask that. A lot of agencies don't really understand the depth of analysis. And I know a lot of you identify yourselves as intel analysts or data analysts or crime analysts or criminologists or whatever. Listen, it, it's all the same thing. You go, no, it's not. I just deal with the numbers. Because we talk about numbers only get you so far. So look at the numbers that they had and think to yourself as an analyst, what would I ask for? Do, is this enough information to then do something on the street? Don't fool yourselves. The information you give out is for who? Anybody yell it out? Patrol. You go, no, no, this report was for the chief. <laughs> sure it was. Okay, if the report's for the chief and it's on patrol and you DUIs are high and your speeding's high and everybody's complaining, who's the chief going to holler at? The patrol captain. Who's the patrol captain going to holler at? The lieutenant. And then, and then, <laughs> all rolls downhill, ladies and gentlemen. Ultimately, your data is for the foot people, the people who are on the road. They're the ones that make it actionable. While you're looking at your report, think, can I do anything with this on the street? If you don't know because you've never been in that world or you've been a new analyst, never been a cop, have you guys identified yet who your flag flyers are in the agency? Those who like what you do? Those who ask you for more? If you haven't, you should identify them. And they'll tell you, yeah, that, that, that's it. That's what I'm looking for, right? Or no, I'd rather have this. Immediate wins. Now, I'm not looking for a windfall. I'm not. I mean, we all kind of chuckled when I said the police department's the most dangerous place in the city, right? Was that a big win or a small win when I was able to change that input? It's a big win. Because I didn't tell you how many calls for service at the police department that were part one, part two, and lower, okay? I've worked with agencies that have had as much as 150,000 calls a year that are attributed to the police department that all have 150,000 different points of address. Now, ladies and gentlemen, ad addressing analysts, Chief Ashu, tell me, give me a breakdown on zone one. And you darn well know that your police department is being misaddressed in there, are you sure you can give him all of zone one? You can't. You can't be sure. An immediate win is a cleanliness of data. It really is. Because then the chief knows I can give, or the sheriff knows I can give proper numbers. Right? You're giving proper numbers. Let me give you a side win, and we'll go on to the next one. A side win is this. Raise your hand. If your agency has all of the staff that they possibly can handle, we're full up. Number one answer, by the way, people listening, nobody raised their hand. I hate the term more with less. It's more, it's actually less with more. <laughs> more problems, fewer people, right? So what would be an immediate win? If you're able to do an analysis of the proper zone patrol breakdown that would lead, perhaps, 
a captain or a lieutenant or a patrol commander to go, ooh, man, that zone two is getting torn up every night. And three is pretty light, and we have the exact same amount. Of, you know, I think we need some more people in two. Or a chief that says, there's no way my people can handle this. I'm going to council to ask for a few more officers. You can't just walk into council and go, yeah, you know, I want 10 more officers. I need 10 more deputies. I need 10 more jailers. Because they're going to go, why? What's the problem? We don't have any budget. But let me tell you, if you hit an elected official where they live, which is crimes up in this area. And if we stay on this path, then the forecast is X. Especially if it's around election time. You might get some, or at least you're going to ruffle the feathers. Then patrol's going to go, that, that's a win. Even five more, ten more, that's a win. Right? They have to trust your data. I will warn you, they're not going to trust big numbers and big data and fancy predictive math. <laughs> I tried that. Don't, don't, don't come out of the gate with predictive math. Take it from me. You'll get there. But, but you can't come out of the gate with predictive math, but you can come out of the date with accuracy. You can come out of the date with success. What do I mean by success? Okay. Uh, law enforcement, raise your hands again. Let me put, paint a picture for you. Okay. There's a problem in an area. You and an analyst have brought it in. This area is up on X, right? Okay. But what did we say in the earlier class? But now what? Then what? So what? Right? So you give a little bit, but here's where I think it's going to happen again. And by the way, here's some intel on what we're looking for. And you get patrol to take a look at that. All they have to do is is find it once. They find a suspect vehicle once. They flood an area. They don't find anybody. But the crime goes down in that area. We could talk about dispersion and displacement all day long. You know, that's moving the crime around, right? Like a broom around the city. Whether or not that's a win, we can talk about that. But what I would say is, in that particular area, to those particular homeowners, to those particular residents, is it a win this weekend when it doesn't happen? Nice and loud. Yes, it is. Is it an ultimate win? No. But what you could show through your analysis is, well, chief, in the last staff meeting we identified this area was really, really bad. You commanded Captain Smith to focus areas, focus patrol in that area. We did that for two weeks, and here is where the crime sits now. It has gone down X percent. You all go, well, that's a small win. It is. But what can he now go to his boss and say? There was a win there. Now, you don't leave it there. You immediately go, but, sir, I did notice that that pattern has now popped up over here. Because we moved it over there. So we need to do it again. But this time we have some intel. And that intel says they're in this car. Or we believe that the suspect is Sam Smith. So we need to investigate that. A little bit more each time. You're going to have some tough days. Some of those tough days are like this. Um, 
Yeah, you know that report we put out before I started this? That annual report we've been putting out for the last 20 years? Yeah, we've been over-reporting our crimes by 23%. Well, why is that? Well, you see, sir, our officers don't know the difference between a burglary and a theft from property. So when they stole the garden gnome out of the front yard, they've been writing it as a burglary, a home entry. And so we've been over-reporting our burglaries by 23% for the past 20 years. Meaning our UCR list, we're a very dangerous city, but we're really not. I lived that. And it wasn't just burglaries. We just... We were coding things wrong. Sometimes we were under-reporting. That's worse. Because now you got to report properly. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to clean up that data. And year one, you're going to give clean, as clean as you can get it. Nothing's ever spotless. Clean data reports. And guess what you're going to find out? They're going to come back to you and go, you did this wrong. Why is that, sir? Surely our armed robberies cannot be like that. They've never been like that before. Here's what I say. When you find that change, go ahead, analyst, and run the previous year with the clean data. Have it in your back pocket. Well, sir, here's why. We were miscategorizing. We fixed the categorization. Technically, we've been underreporting. Technically, we've been overreporting. As an analyst, to other people who don't understand the numbers as much or how we got the numbers or the math behind the trend of the numbers, you have to have your proof at hand. Hard proof at hand. Okay? Now, there was one last... Any other questions before I have one more on here? Because I like this one. Okay, I don't know who asked this. If you're in here, raise your hand. Somebody asked the future of crime analysis. And somebody's pointing at somebody else, but they're reluctantly not raising their hand. I assume you mean in the most broad term. Whew. Here's a whole podcast for you. So I can't do the whole thing. But I'll start you with this. You just asked a question where I'm going I'm to have to be careful. Because I think the future of crime analysis is we're going to be pushed to be more automated. Right? While... In my class I just taught, the time to make the donuts, the donut guy, those are set it and forget it analytics. How many X did we have last week? You should be able to do that automatically. I believe in that. But just like I've never met an officer that pinned on a badge just to wait for a call to come in. They pinned on the badge to go get the bad guy. I've never met an analyst that became an analyst either because they wanted to or they were forced to. <laughs> Go ahead. I know some of you are like, that was me. I, I don't know. I was in the records office, and next thing you know, I'm a crime analyst. <laughs> right? But I've never met an analyst who really wanted to do it, that just wanted to go, well, we had five burglaries, three thefts. We're down 400%. By the way, there's a joke because you can't be down 400%. <laughs> Drives me nuts. If you ever, I'll, I'll be glad to help anybody in here. You all have my contact from that class I just did but if y'all ever show me a slideshow that says last week you had two this week you've had none therefore you're down 200 percent I will come to your agency and punish you that's not how math works okay but I think that it, we're going to be pushed and see more automation sometimes automation's okay let me be clear automation does not replace the analyst 
You go, what about AI, DJ? Artificial intelligence. Well, it's here. And for some things, it works. Basic questions, yes. Criminology questions, it might as well tell me it's a banana. It's not there yet. Will it be eventually? Maybe. Maybe. But crime analysis, the future. Automation, 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 automation. Don't worry, we'll do that for you. It automatically does this. It automatically spits this out. Look at this pretty shiny report. Hey, by the way, can I change that report? No. Look again at this pretty shiny report. Would I need something? No. Look at the report. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, and I hope you like the report. Why? It's like, <laughs> it's like Henry Ford said. He said you can get a Model T in any color you like as long as it's black. That's what he said. Look it up. That's what I think we're going to be seeing more and more and more of automation, automation, automation. However, I'm going to spin your question. I'm going to spin your question by this. What do we want the future of crime analysis to be? See, because your question originally is where do I think it's going to go? As if it's spinning off into its own netherworld. Okay? Some of us kind of act like it is. Right? Because we feel a little bit helpless. Spin it. What do you want it to be? Now, not that the people on the podcast could see this, but ma'am, with the glasses on her head, I like the Florida look. What you want it to be, and what you want it to be, and Donna, what you want it to be, don't have to match. When I consult with agencies, I never, ever, ever go into an agency and go, well, this is how Detroit does it, so you better too. I'll get kicked out. When I go to other countries, I've learned very quickly. Don't ever say, well, in the U.S., we get your visa revoked. Every agency is different. And I don't mean just federal and state and local. I don't, because there are a lot of commonalities. But what I mean by different is, what are the goals? Do you have a problem with burglaries? Do you have a problem with robberies? In my presentation, I showed you a problem with burglaries. And you all laughed because the numbers weren't very high. But you know what? It was a problem there. So the specifics are going to be different. But what I task you to do is this. What do you want it to be? Number one, educated. Number two, educated. Number three, educated. Get education in crime analysis. We talked about this, I know. Well, I, they won't send me to school. Well, FCIA, Donna's, Donna's slacking on getting the class going. <laughs> I had to throw you under Donna, sorry. Okay, you know what those are? Excuses. I told you how I started mine, right? Literally, sitting at my detective's desk, two magazines. There you go. What do you want me to do? I don't know. Figure it out. Uh, okay. SWAT guy. You know how many times I've been asked... How a SWAT guy became an egghead. You have never been asked the other way around. I guess they assume an egghead can become a SWAT guy if it just like devolves. Right? The only reason I did it is because, well, that's my, that's my job now. And I've never been okay doing something halfway. Ever. Ever. Because it's my product. 
They may have asked you to do it, but your name's on that product. Yes? Yes. And if you do a time to make the donuts product because the last three analysts did that, I need to ask you a question. What happened to the last three? Ask yourself that. The people before you, do they now work for some large analyst think tank? Or are you doing the same reports they were doing? Kind of similar? Maybe just still churning some of those out. Okay? What do you want the future to be? You go, well, I can't get any of that, DJ. Everybody do this. Not kidding. I'm watching every head. Look left. Look right. How many people you think are in this room right now? Having a problem flying education? Looks to me there's about 75 instructors in this room. Boy, it got quiet. Everybody's like, I'm glad that jack leg's getting on a plane tonight. <laughs> this, that's what I did. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. How many certified cram analysts in this room? Don't be ashamed. Just raise your hand. Now put it down. That's fully certified. That doesn't mean you're going through it right now. Don't cheat. Now raise your hand again when I ask that. Fully certified. Like you're AKC registered. <laughs> okay, hand down. Not, not had a single class. Raise your hand. Okay, the numbers are going sideways here. Halfway through, almost done. Okay, and some of you just are not sure what I'm asking. Point being is, I assume everybody in this room is currently an analyst of some type or works in the world of analysis, yes? Does that mean then you're past the, this degree gets you the job? So you may say to yourself, why the heck do I want to talk to any of these people? I've already got the job. Because I got to ask you to ask yourself, is it really what you want to be putting out? Is it really the best product? Or are you just trying to make the donuts? You do it to make your product better. Not for your chief, not for your sheriff, not for the captain, not for the lieutenant, not for Donna, not for me. For you. If you're not proud of your daily product, this was me. If I'm not proud of my daily product, and I don't believe that my daily product is moving my agency along, is keeping my officers safer. If my cops are safer, the citizens are safer. Guaranteed, trickles down. But if my product was not impacting my agency every day, I didn't feel like I was doing any good. I mean, I might as well go back to detectives. Because as a detective, I didn't win unless somebody was caught. I didn't pencil whip a case. By the way, pencil whipping a case means just going, can't find them, bye. And everybody in here who was a cop knows... A few pencil whippers. Don't be that. If they've asked you for a report, a numbers, whatever, and you look at it, you darn well know what they're really asking for. But you only give them that? And then you ask me, how can I be successful? How can I make a splash? How can I get buy-in? The answer's in front of you. One step further than they ask for. Not, not, not a ton. Don't scare them. <laughs> just, just one. Just, just one more. I look at a lot of staff meetings. People send them to me. They send me crime stats. What can I do? This is stagnant. This is da-da-da. 
every single time I look at it and I go, oh, this is, this is a good job, but have you thought about X? What about this correlation? Have you looked at this crime type in relation to that crime type? Just something small. So I ask you this. You've got the job. But unless you're going to retire at your agency now, and you don't ever want to go any further than what you're doing right now, which is fine, but don't be retired on duty. I'll, I'll label you quickly. Okay? Will your output now move you forward? What did you accomplish in your first job? What are you accomplishing? Enough to move forward? Education? Education? Education. I'm calling the 75 people in this room who all have excellent ideas, different ideas, disparate ideas. The future of crime analysis is what you strive to make it. And you go, well, no, it's what my chief says. So my, so my, my, my sheriff says. They don't know what to ask for. They don't know the possibilities. They don't know the ability you have and what you can show them. They really don't. Why? Time to make the donuts. You're doing the same reports that everybody before you's done. Well, they didn't ask for anything else. They don't know what to ask for. They don't know what to ask for. But you know what to suggest. Are they going to shoot it down? They might shoot some down. Sure. Sure. But they're not going to shoot it all down. Any other questions on it? The theme of the conference is work smarter, not harder. Yes. Ask for help earlier. Don't be ashamed to ask for help. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of solidarity. And aside, before I get back to it, I wear a SWAT pin on my lapel. It's not an international SWAT pin. It's not that one you see on the back of trucks. This was a pin made specifically for my team. Nobody else has it in the world but my team. Why? I'm not bragging. It doesn't say DJ's SWAT team. DJ's cool. I'm proud of the professionalism that we were able to handle even through hard times. You, in this room, are a team, whether you believe it or not. When cops get together, they, it's like brothers that you've never met before, sisters you've never met before. We're talk, we have the same brains. We're just sharing it, right? And only one of us can use it at once, so be careful. Crime analysts should be the same. Donna, I didn't see it like that. It wasn't until I got into it that I realized it was really cool and I could make a difference. Don't rely so much. Uh, here it comes. Sorry, folks. Hope you're all are hiring. Here I go. Don't rely so much on what the industry tells you you need. Industry tools are important. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad I had the tools I had because <laughs> it makes the job easier. Tool, finding a tool is not the first step. If it's your first step, you skip the first five. The first step is figuring out what your agency wants from you. 
figuring out what kind of data you have, figuring out what kind of cleanliness of the data you have, cleanliness of the mapping you have. Clean up the house first before you bring in a new renter. Then you go out and find what you need, if you need something. But number one, number one that I didn't do was I sat in that office trying to reinvent the wheel. I, honestly, I did. Reinvent that wheel. It's like I'd never seen the wheel before. And I got some rock, and I got a chisel. I didn't know what those were, so I had to invent them both. And I started whacking away at the rock. Then I looked up, and somebody had a Corvette. And I went, <laughs> look at that. I guess I just wasted a bunch of time. Ask for help. Ask for assistance. If you want to term it this way, people are like, I don't like asking for help. I just, I just don't like it. It's a sign of weakness. Okay, don't, ask, don't call it asking for help. Call it this. Ask for partnership. I wish there was more of that in the analyst community. I really do. I wish it was like, what's that? That's my crime analyst pen. That's right. Uh-huh. That's right. Ask me a number question. Yeah, I got you. You want predictive math? Come on, give me a sheet of paper. Right? There was a question earlier, and then I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up. There was a question earlier, and it was, but, but, but that's not how they want it. Oh, they rejected this. They didn't like that. Talked to a young man in the middle. Talking to me about, oh, I don't know what to do. They keep sending my reports back. You know why? The main reason is because they don't understand what you've done. It's different. Remember, we don't like different. So how do you slowly introduce a movement? How do you get it in there? Not everybody can do what you're doing in this room. If you believe that any monkey can put out what you're doing, right? They can teach a monkey to push a button, right? Here, here's where I make people mad. Then... There's probably another job for you in the department because you're not an analyst. But if you hunger and you strive and you thirst for the what now, the what if, the why, and to give those answers, you're an analyst. I don't care if you're certified or not because you're hungry to be one. So look left, look right, look forward, look back. And understand you have all the education and all the network you need to be the analyst you want to be. Because maybe that person behind you went through that problem with their agency that you're having. Questions you've asked me. And they overcame it. And they have an idea about how to do that. Or maybe they didn't overcome it. So the two of you ask a third. And the third asks a fourth. But as crime analysts, we need to start acting like we are an actual division that makes a difference in a department. Not glorified records clerks. Any other questions? Okay, then. If you've ever listened to it, it's now time for Stupid Criminals. That's right, I always end out with a Stupid Criminal section, and I have some favorite ones here uh, because they're from Florida. Sorry, I had to do it. <clears throat> Florida man tries to steal a rack of ribs by stashing it in his pants. When cops busted Mr. Aguilar at an Indian town store, he allegedly removed a full rack of ribs from his waistband 
as well as two fried chickens, two packs of hamburger buns, some mashed potatoes. Now, I found this one online with the picture of Mr. Aguilar, and the food he stole weighs more than him. So I'm not sure where he put it all. Florida man caught with active meth lab in his pants. Authorities received an anonymous call stating a subject was present that possessed methamphetamine. During their investigation, officers discovered an active one-pot meth leg, meth lab in the pants leg. Wow! Two things. One, you have to cook meth. It gets really hot. Okay? Two, it also smells like cat urine. It does. Just say. Okay? So this guy... What's going on with Florida? It's all like... Anyway. Three... Florida man, sorry, I told you it keeps going, attempts to leave a store with a chainsaw stuffed down his pants. Newport Richie, anybody from Newport Richie? No, because they knew I was going to read this. They're embarrassed. The incident in question unfolded before the video cameras at the Treasure Coast Lawn Equipment. Uh, the dar- daring shoplifter is seen on video stuffing the ill-gotten goods down the front of his shorts and covering it up with his shirt. The man waited to go out of the store, got on a bicycle and rode away I'm assuming he was pedaling with a chainsaw in his pants police caught up with the man about 30 minutes later when he actually returned and tried to give it back good luck last one a fleeing theft subject in a harbor freight store was nabbed after he reportedly ran into a set of automatic doors before it could open according to an arrest affidavit Oh, Lord. Uh, the man the man had just slid a hammer down his pants. I have a theme. Uh, and when the officer confronted the subject, the man pulled the tool out of his pants. This is good for him because he threw it down and ran toward the front door, ran straight into the doors before they could open. Gone. Look, folks, um, as we go along this journey together, I may say some things you don't agree with. Or maybe some things you do agree with. Or maybe you have a topic that you would like me to discuss and cover. Uh, Or a funny police story. I love those. Thank you. Uh, I encourage you to email me at offthebeat at MotorolaSolutions.com to give me your thoughts and ideas. And check out my Twitter page at DJ underscore offthebeat. Until next time, from Orlando at the 25 plus one FCIAA conference, stay diligent, stay educated, and stay safe.